Hello everybody, it's Graham Cope. It's Friday, it's midday, which means one thing, one thing only. It's WOW Ergonomics brought to you by the wonderful Backer Elkhuizen. Uh, Mr. Elkhuizen, or Stephen, can't be here today though. He's in deepest, darkest Wales. He sent me a dot uh, on my phone this morning to show me where exactly he was. And trust me, it's a long way from where I am. Uh, it's right on the edge. Um, I hope he doesn't fall off. But wherever you are, Stephen, I hope you're having a lovely day. Uh, the sun is out for you, which is a wonderful thing. So instead, I have, or not instead, but in fact, even better than possibly, uh, I have the wonderful Hannah Gray here to, to join me this morning and keep me company. How are you, Hannah? Um, very well, thank you. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm happy because the, the sun is out and that mm. makes all the difference. This weather this year has been dreadful yep. in the UK. <laughs> it's been a write-off. You know, we thought we were going to have great weather as we, we went into the start of the summer and then it just disappeared. But, uh, but enough of that. Um, we picked up on you uh, during the week because of a, a post that you wrote on LinkedIn. Perhaps you'd just like to start off by telling us a little bit about that post and and, sure. and also introducing yourself. Yeah, sure. So I'm Hannah Gray and I'm the founder of the Office Management Group, which is essentially a consultancy and training and support academy for office managers. We have membership platforms. We do um, all sorts of different consultancy from office move projects to health and safety to one-to-one -one coaching and training for offices and office managers, all with a view to helping them run their organisations better from that back office, um, executive support, administrative um, background. And yeah, we do group training courses. We've got our podcast, Office Manager Diaries, all sorts of things, all about empowering, connecting and supporting the amazing office management professionals. Um, the article was something that I, I have so many you know, when, when you run a business and when you have so many thoughts and ideas and the, the many different streams that we have in our in our organisation, you often have things in draft. So you might just chuck notes down and then at some point in your life, be it next week, next year, um, yep. you back to it and go, oh, I'm going to finish this now. So the laptops piece has been something that's been on my mind for a while because in LinkedIn feeds in particular, where there are very popular you know, thousand plus likes and comments and things upwards of people working from home or people, there was one I saw a couple of months ago where someone was talking about how it's great to sit and work from a park bench and be in the sunshine. And yeah, exactly, eye rolling. And it was the same thing with me. I was like, it's lovely, but only do that for an hour at most in the day and just get your fresh air. And if you can take some other ergonomic equipment with you, because it's that, you know, as I wrote in the article, it's not good to use a laptop other than for what it was designed for, which is what the article was around. It's entitled, it's time to stop using laptops incorrectly. Um, and there was another, another stream that I scrolled through a couple of weeks before I published the article on Monday, where a lady was talking about HR business partners, and I suppose trying to educate people more on what they do. It wasn't about the laptop, but she did a selfie and in that, her arms are, you know, her elbows are down. So blood circulation is going this way, not the way we want it to, to our hands. She's using a laptop without a keyboard, without a mouse. So, you know, she's hunching and it just, you know, grind my gears kind of thing. And I was like, right, pick up that draft and those notes and write this article and get it out there. So that's how it came about. And that's how you found us. I'm so pleased. I'm so pleased you do it. I mean, it's something, as I said to you just before we came on, it's something that we've been 
banging on about right from the start of this show. Yeah. Uh, back of Elkhausen, if you don't know, are manufacturers of laptop stands, keyboards, mice, that and ergonomic solutions that enable people to work safely with laptops. Yeah. And yet, people just, just don't get it. You know, um, if you look at the figures for laptop use against against sort of desktop use now yeah. i mean you know the majority of people in the world are now buying laptops mm -hmm. in fact in several houses we know that people have got up to six laptops yeah or, <laughs> and, and or tablet devices which are just as uh, bad if you're on them for oh yeah and i'll, I'll include that with it as well yeah you know? Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, because we've all got one of those, we are all potentially going to be looking down at some point during the day anyway, because we're going to answer our phone, we're going to text on our phone. We're probably, if we travel in anywhere on a train somewhere or whatever, we're probably going to look down using that. So, yeah. you know, the time that we're then set up to do some work somewhere, we do not want to be sat looking down again, mm. typing onto a device, which, as you say, wasn't ever designed to be used uh, for long-term work no. it was designed to be a very portable solution and back in the early days because i'm that old back in the early days of laptops it was it was only really posh salespeople that it had was. laptops or directors that had laptops that were yeah. traveling and it yeah. was normally so that they could do a powerpoint presentation to someone at the other end yeah They're, that's mm -hmm. what it was for yeah you know but Working as soon as they got back to the office yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But as soon as they got back to the office, they'd be they'd be on a, a, a on a, a main uh, size computer again. Mm. So it's the difficult bit is that even though some people actually know the message that this isn't the way to work, mm -hmm. and even if they do potentially in their home offices or whatever use stuff, they're not showing people that on social media yeah how do we get people to start understanding that it's important to think about how what you are sharing image wise or whatever because actually that has an impact in terms of what other people think is right or wrong yeah yeah i think well it's it's a whole big piece so People share things on social media and it's very personal. And I have views, you know, I think LinkedIn, for example, is very much a corporate business platform. And so when people share pictures of their kids on holiday and they're just talking about their holiday and it's not business related at all, I'm quite anti that because I, I don't want my 13,000 followers and I know you've got, you know, above 20,000. I don't want them to see that much of my life. I'm happy to share little glimpses here and there, but it's very personal to let people in your life that much. And, and I do believe there are boundaries that get crossed a lot with LinkedIn and, and Facebook and Instagram um, personal accounts. So I suppose it's, it's trying to understand the difference that this is a business platform and we're all trying to influence and support and educate people when we put posts out there or um, clickbait, as some people will be doing. We, we know there are people that are, are purely doing it for, for that purpose. When it comes to people doing photos for social media of their own setup, if they're not educated themselves, then it has to go right back to their employers, who are the ones that are responsible for educating staff on how to set themselves up correctly. You know, this is particularly here in the UK, the, the law with the HSE is the training and the self-assessment of ergonomics, of DSE, display screen equipment, and setting yourself up correctly at your desk 
And that's not, you know, when I started doing DSCs, as I'm sure you know, Graham, people would go, oh, we just have to sit straight and we're done. And it's, I find it really interesting because it's so much more than that. It is very much about the human body and what is neutral and natural for our bodies and in our relaxed state, what is best for us to then apply to working at a desk, working with computers, working with our phones, whatever else it might be. And so for me, the responsibility has to sit much higher. So if I was the person's office manager, the, the lady that wrote this article about HRBPs, and I saw that photo, I would be approaching her and I would be speaking and realizing, well, we've got a little bit of an issue here because you've just posted something you know, on behalf of our company on social media and we haven't supplied you with a keyboard or a mouse or we have and you're not using them and we're promoting bad health because that's what it comes down to at the, the end of the day. We talk a lot about health and well-being and culture. That's not good health for somebody to be sat at their desk all day like that. So it's difficult because you can't control or influence what everybody's putting out there. Back to my first point, because that wasn't the point of her topic and her post anyway. It was completely different. So how do you educate people? Well, I suppose I could have replied on the comments, but it would have come across a little bit abrupt, I guess. Yep. Um, and perhaps a little bit self-promotional, and I'm not really the kind of person to do that. Maybe I should be. Um, I haven't even tagged her in the article. I've just tagged the link. So whether she's seen it or not, I don't know. But it comes back to the company, and it always does, which is why the legal requirement sits with the employers. For people like our audience, office managers, and anyone that's watching now, if you run a company, if you're part of the company, health and wellbeing program, culture, HR, it sits with you. And if it doesn't directly, then you have an impact and an influence to be able to go and voice that and say, Pe people aren't using these devices correctly. And we are seeing, as it said in my article and, and on the HSE's latest stats, we are seeing musculoskeletal disorders increase and ha have already increased. And we're going to see the longer term impact of that over the next sort of three to 10 years, where mm. youngsters in particular who have essentially been born into tech, you know, so they may have had a computer when they were 12 or 13 years old to do their schoolwork and or an iPad, perhaps. And then they're using computers far more than you and I would have done at school. We had like one ICT lesson a week for an hour where I used a computer and we did have one at home as well. Um, and then students at uni are going and sitting at these tiny desks or on sofas to do their dissertations and things. And then they're going straight into work. And yet again, being given a laptop during COVID, they would have sat in their bedrooms most likely because they were in the back of their parents or in house shares, tiny desks or beds working all day. Um, you know, we're going to see the impact on the younger generations coming into the workforce in the next five to 10 years with these issues. So it's a huge topic and it's not just one where I think. It's a huge topic. And, and, and let me try and unpack some of that because, you know, oh. you've, you've covered a lot of ground there. First mm -hmm. of all, I just want to say hi to some of the people that are listening. Thanks, Simon. Uh, yeah, it's a great subject. Uh, it's one that we're going to cover again and again and again on the show because that's what we're all about. Wow, ergonomics. There we go. Uh, did I say show? Yes, I did. Um, why are you questioning that <laughs> come up in my face and yeah the hunchback of uh laptop, laptop darn, as it were. i love yeah. that um i've started dining my shirts with a wok do you think my posture is a bit too hunched yeah thank you thank you very much always as ever richard Urridge, our uh in-house uh, uh reporter there um yeah, let, let's start unpacking that. I've, I think one of the things for the start is there are a lot of excuses mm -hmm. why 
someone could say, oh, actually, the reason I did this, and and it's this is okay for me to demonstrate this, is, uh, and one of them is an ergonomic principle. And it's actually something I wrote about for an ergonomist this week, which is that the ergonomic principle of time. Mm-hmm. And it's always an excuse, which is that, oh, yeah, but I'm only doing that for a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But a so, minute becomes 10. Yeah. 10 becomes 20, you know. But the problem, yeah, exactly. But the problem I have with that in terms of photographs, et cetera, is that a photograph is a, is a capturing of something in time and it mm-hmm. has no movement around it. Now, different maybe if as part of a, a video, you're on a laptop and you're doing something on a laptop for a minute and then, you you know, you move to doing something else. You could you could potentially argue, you're, I'm, I'm showing that I just, you know, was getting some data out of a laptop for a minute or so. Yeah. And that, that could be fine. Yeah. But when you take a still image of something, you are potentially putting up there that this is something that you do on a regular basis. And 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 the voyeur of that doesn't necessarily understand how long that's for. Mm. So unless you're explaining within that piece, here I am using a laptop, um, and normally I use the laptop with a keyboard and, and laptop stand, etc. Yeah. But you know, I'm uh but I'm was just posing with the laptop, etc. So this is fine. Then that's that's okay because you're explaining it within the the, the, the you know criteria of time. Yeah. So I think that's I think that's one excuse. And the other excuse is that people say, Well, it's a it's a, it's a photo. Um I'm, it's a publicity photo and, and the important part is people seeing my face, you know, going mm-hmm. back to what you were saying about the I mean, part of me thinks there, yes, we should be picking up on companies, but we should perhaps we should also be picking up on photographers that do headshots as well and educating them to go, well, actually, if you're going to do, you know, if you're going to do headshots, just make somebody aware if they're doing that piece that they are putting over a principle. Mm. I don't know. I mean, it's, 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 I think it's so difficult because the photographer will be like, you know, but it's about reference points as much as anything else. And what I would love to see is if you go onto any of the, uh, the, the sort of free to use photo galleries that you can use in, in things like Canva or anything else now, the thousands of photos that you will get of somebody using a computer typically will have lots and lots and lots of images of people using them incorrectly. Yeah, oh, totally, yeah. You know, so I. I, I think my, maybe part of it is we've got to start changing those reference points mm. at that point to go, actually, we need kind of a campaign on this to go, we need to start seeing people using computers properly, even yeah. if it's like free photography, et cetera. So, so that actually, you know, people are starting to put that into, yeah. into posts where, you know, where they want to show a picture of someone. Yeah, using the, the stock images and, yeah, mm. I mean, it was great for me from the, my article, the stock image that I got, that was a Canva image that's on there because the person on it is using it incorrectly <laughs> and is putting a hand on her back. It's the easiest like, thing to find, right? It is. It's far easier than trying to find somebody with, like, I'm going to show you. <laughs> You'll know it's a me. dolphin. It's a dolphin mouse. A penguin one, yeah. Oh, and penguin mouse. Like, yeah, this yeah. is me. This is my ergonomic kit and setup. I'm in a yeah. proper proper chair with a lumbar pump and all that jazz. And yeah, most people are sitting in their dining room chairs. I would not want to work in that way around one of those all day. Oh yeah. So 
yeah, it's. I think you're right. The stock images. We need to contact Canva, don't we, and start a campaign to get some better images with ergonomic equipment in. Totally. Uh, the, the other thing is, you, you mentioned DSE, and mm. obviously, you know, I was a DSE assessor. I, did, I trained a lot of people in in how to do DSE assessments for for a number of years. Mm. Um, but I mean, one of the one of the problems with HSE, DSE, etc., is that actually, yeah, you mentioned the legal piece, and I, and, and I'm pretty certain there's still hundreds of companies out there that don't even know that there's any kind of legality around it yeah. uh, but also it's a lot of it isn't regulation it's recommendation mm-hmm. based so although you're you are meant to do an assessment to to determine whether or not your staff are actually comfortable and and you know give them some guidance there it's guidance and it's not necessarily saying to people this is right or this is wrong and you know that there's there's no there's there's no real guide stick there no i mean there's a schedule of minimum requirements though Mm. when it comes to chair and lighting and things like that which are in the legislation but again people don't i mean when i do health and safety audits with clients so many don't even know that they don't even know what DSE is, first of all. Yeah. Oh, we're talking about display screen equipment exactly, uh, assessments, yeah. by the way, if people want to know what that stands for. Yeah, the acronym is <laughs> galore in these. But, yeah, a lot of people don't know about it. and and it, But but then sometimes when probably like you have in your, your time doing DSE assessments, I see some people for some of my clients and I say to them, have you ever had a DSE assessment before? And they're, you know, in their 40s and 50s and they've worked for some huge corporate companies and they're like, no, never had anything like this before. This is amazing. And I, I love doing them because especially as an office manager or, or facilities manager in my career, you, you have so many people that you go to and you simply just lift their chair and get them to the right neutral height. And they're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, this is incredible. And, and some of them have been tearful with me because I fixed like there was one guy, this is one of my favorite stories. His name was Paul. And he was a trader in um, the, the private German investment bank that I worked for. And he got the the mick taken out of him when I was doing his DSC because all the traders were around, mostly men, you know, and it's all a bit lad, lad, lad kind of thing in that environment. And he we went through and I said, any aches or pains? And he was like, my, um... <laughs> oh, it's his right pinky, actually, my right pinky. <laughs> and it's because when you're trading on a Bloomberg keyboard, a lot of the day you're enter, 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 enter. Yeah, 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 yeah. He had RSI in his right um, pinky. And they were really ripping it, like, you know, because they'd overheard. And I spent so much time researching to see if we could get an ergonomic Bloomberg keyboard. And we managed to find one. And he wrote me a really heartfelt email. I was like, I know it, like, I think he said, like, I sound like a pussy or something, you know, whatever. But he's like, I know I sound a bit rude, but you actually really helped me and I'm so grateful because that pain was just bugging me and it's got so much better because it's not always preventative or or it's not always cure it's kind of preventing something from getting worse when you're talking about doing the assessments and yeah there's so many little stories here and there from people where you make such a difference to the pains and the, the things and the feelings that they have whilst they're working so it's it's really important not just because there are elements that are legal requirements, but because you are actually asking staff to work on something that carries a risk, much like construction workers and, you know, manual handlers and drivers, would you ask them to go and do a job and not train them in how to lift safely or how to drive properly and do deliveries or, you know, use a forklift truck? 
yet here we are in offices or not anymore asking our staff to use our equipment and we're not training them in how to use it I don't see that there's any difference personally yeah where where do you where do you think the 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 main areas uh, or issues around um sort of dse and 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 you know sort of taking up good advice come because for me i'm not sure that it's necessarily in the office because i think in the office most of the time there may well be an office manager and there may be someone overlooking and they may be giving advice or they should be if if, if they haven't they can contact someone like you um mm. but but potentially it's where people are working from home or, or working in a hybrid way. And, and I would have to say one of the main areas that I think it is as well is people who, who have a very transitory lifestyle but are, are yeah. working with equipment. And I think that's the hardest thing to regulate. And, and I think that's where, that, that's where, from my personal point of view, I feel like the kind of, uh, exercise of doing an assessment is mm. potentially wrong <laughs> um only in as much as i think we what we do need to do more and more in that situation is educate self yeah. you know yeah. and, and enable people to understand what it is that they should be looking out for and what it is that they could potentially do to make it better in other words yeah. we should be almost training everybody to yeah. be able to carry out a dse assessment for themselves because yeah. uh you know if i'm working in a coffee shop somewhere you know as part of my daily routine and people might say oh yeah but again back to the time thing oh yeah but i pop into the coffee shop and just do a little bit of work Mm-hmm. I've seen people in coffee shops two or three hours later, five five espressos in. They're they're they're, they're you know they're, they've been sat there for the last few hours typing away, typing away, typing away, and in very poor ergonomic conditions. Mm. Yeah, so that is why the I suppose the legal bit because it's tightened up and they've done some more work because of hybrid working on DSCs as well. And I suppose that's why they say the training and self-assessment, the two-pronged approach to the, the law is, is the requirement. I agree. There's lots of computer programs and software where you can send it to your staff and they can go on and do the training, but it becomes quite a tick box exercise. So for me, every single um, employee that came through our doors when I was the office manager or operations manager, I would sit them into a an induction program. So we talk about general health and safety, but we had a few slides and we would bring one of the office chairs in and show them just the very, you know, two, three basic things of getting the chair at the right height, which is the first thing we always start with, and then doing the gap behind, behind the knees and the lumbar support and some of those um, bits of detail there and do the slides then about bringing the equipment to you and that kind of stuff. So we always started from the very first day in the office with an induction that included that so the education piece and then we invited them to assess a week or two later because if you give them that assessment on their first day they're like yeah yeah I'm fine I'm fine everything's fine and they haven't got used to that environment yet in terms of the the other piece so when you take people out of the office you know like we said this applies to mobile phones and everything as well so I know having worked for um some colleges and and um education um providers but also I used to work in an estate agent's office and they still have them now, computers. So many in these smaller businesses where you don't think of the office environment because their services are different to like a typical office environment are not doing it. But yet estate agents now on the computers most of the day. 
yes, they might go out and value and they'll be the valuers, but the, the salespeople are on those computers most of the day as are the mortgage brokers. No one is looking at those kind of, you know, small entity estate agents and, and training them. No one's looking at even the delivery drivers who are doing this a lot of the day, scanning in things because they use their mobiles or a tablet or whatever it might be. It, the, the subject of ergonomics is huge and, and DSEs. And I think 100% I agree that it starts with the education and the understanding to, to sort of where I started from about what is neutral and relaxed. Like we know that if I put my head like this, I'm pulling so much more weight because my head is like four pounds on average in terms of weight on my spinal cord. So every time I go forward and forward and forward, and if you're, do, if you're watching this, just do it and feel like tune into your body and feel the pull on your spinal cord it's also this hence my upright mouse i'll just stand up for a second so you can see but we walk and stand like this so our, our hands are here and the second that we go like that to mouse and keyboard and again if you're if you're online do it so you start like this and then really tune into how your body and your muscles feel do you like that and see if you can feel the twist here you should otherwise hmm. yeah because the ulnar and the radius are actually yeah. twisting over the top of each other they're yeah. interlinking so this is the more natural state hence why we start to see keyboards coming in that are arched and the upright mouse we designed well we didn't do it graham but someone designed a lot of this equipment wrong many years ago and it's just simple things like that like educating people on why things start to ache why if you're if you're working like this with your keyboard arms distance away from you that your shoulders and your neck are going to hurt after a while why if you're sitting in a dining room chair your lower back's going to hurt because it won't have lump what were dining chairs designed for well what were dining room chairs actually this is a brilliant question and if anyone wants to answer this one i know we've got some other ergonomists on the line what were dining room chairs designed for because they weren't even designed to eat properly at a dining room table were they because they're the wrong height for that you know typically if you sit in the dining room chair you actually sit at the wrong height for the, the table when your arms are like this uh, uh, mo on most of them. So what were they designed for? Absolute rubbish, most dining room uh, <laughs> chairs, I would say. Really, really. Oh, Hannah, have you frozen? I think she has. Oh, there we go. Uh, I'm just going to take, whilst Hannah is hopefully going to come back, uh, I'm going to take a few of the comments. So, yeah, Philip John said, Training and education in layman's terms, getting people to understand that they can experiment to find their personal preferences. Uh, and then Chris takes 30 seconds to set up a standard keyboard and mouse. He did it in a coffee shop yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, dining room, chair is too low, desk too high. All the time. All the time. Completely. I think, I've actually, I think those, uh, those, you know, restaurants where you sit on the floor, cross-legged, that's probably even better, actually. I, I, I can't say that uh, that's wrong. 30 seconds to set up a keyboard and mouse, but why don't people do it? Is it because they haven't got the equipment with them? Or is it because they think they don't need to? Or is it because they think they will look uncool in doing it? Don't know. I don't know where my guest has gone. It's an absolute shame because we were having such a great conversation. I can carry on talking and hopefully we'll get her back. I might even message her across on the old LinkedIn and see if we can get her back. Um, do, 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 do. Are you able to come back? In. There we go. And all my time doing wow ergonomics. This is one of the first times ever that this has happened. Anyway, folks, uh, so we've been talking this morning about DSE. We've been talking about 
in particular the use of laptops what do you think on the question of laptop how laptops are shown across social media how do we make those changes how do we get people to stop showing us using uh, stop showing images of them using a laptop incorrectly and with that i can add hannah back in again there she is Sorry. i was like is that mine or yours and then i got this message from sky going you're down and i was like why <laughs> bless, them. bless them bless them bless modern technology um i carried on Fab. as you do uh um and uh chris was just saying about the dining room uh chairs that we were talking about just before mm. uh yeah uh the the chair is too low desk is too high which is always yeah. always wrong and actually not just that a little tip here a lot of you buy desks for home and you've got drawers underneath the where the legs go stop it don't do it please right it might might look lovely but it means you end up sitting too low and then mm. you can't work out why like you can't get comfortable because you're sat low but but everything's up there and you're having to you're having to kind of stretch and, and hunch in order to use the, the desk. Glad to see you too, Barman. Always lovely to see you. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that was my point. My question, which I ask to people when I'm doing DSCs, especially if they are virtual and they're in a dining room chair, is I would say to them, because I'm a bit of a bugger like this, what is your dining room chair for? And they say, eating. <laughs> and I said, how often do you sit in it to eat? Two or three times a day. And how long are you there for to eat? 10, 20 minutes, half hour or so, if it's a nice dinner. Yeah. And how many hours a day are you sitting at the moment? Eight to 10, depending on how busy I am at work. Just, just don't. There just, we are. <laughs> just really, really don't. Um, Richard's saying, I think we're so mobile now working at home in the office on the road that it's difficult to maintain the right approach across all those different environments. It is. It is. And there's always um, just coming into that point mm. i think it's great that we have more and more uh, lightweight flexible solutions that you can take with you however we are we are by that nature implying that we we're expecting people to carry more stuff with them in order to to get that you know their uh, ergonomics right wherever they go i'd like to see as well Again, on the high horse here today, but I'd like to see more emphasis put on ergonomics from sort of uh, collaborative working spaces as well. Mm -hmm. If you're going to, you know, hire out your your space for people to come in and work, provide them with the equipment that they need. Then they don't need to travel with it. Mm -hmm. You know, so yeah. if you're if you're going if you're going to one of these cohabitative working spaces or whatever, you know, ask them the question. Can I get a laptop stand and keyboard while I'm there? Can I get can I get a can I get an ergonomic mouse to work with while I'm there? So actually, I don't have to carry that. It, it's from a business point of view. If you are one of those places, what a great little value add you can actually. Then... Life are um, one of my they were one of my first clients in like 2016 2017, and I said to them, you know, because you're providing the desks. You, there is some sort of grey area here that's not covered by the law at present as to who is responsible for the equipment you're covering, the desks and the chairs. And so just do, like you say, value add, just do a little bit of a training guide on how to set themselves up in the chair, what the different controls are in terms of, of DSE. And they now do have laptop stands available, for, you know, their limited supply 
for their members as they call them to use so work life have, have, have got some good guidance there and are doing it but we work and the office group and all those others need to need to get on that because yeah hiring out your spaces you need to help people use them correctly and safely yeah absolutely so, you know that, that can become as you say kind of part of the culture part of what you're actually offering out there and, and proving that, that you're actually really concerned with people's well-being uh mm. philip says lots of people that know they're doing the wrong things but ignore it until they have a problem i think that's life in general is it not <laughs> um <laughs> i think i think lots of you, you know you only have to look over a social media platform like linkedin just to hear that you know people go well i should lose weight or i i, I should exercise more or i should do this but, but I don't, and then they have a problem. And then mm. at that point in the, your life, you start making changes because you suddenly realize actually this lifestyle isn't right. So that means that part of this actually does kind of come into lifestyle choices as well, yeah. you know, and maybe, maybe, maybe again, because I, I, I love, the fact that we've got things again like dse and we we can you know office managers you can you can take this on etc but actually selling it to people mm. right just walking back from the fact that it's kind of a health and safety thing for a minute yeah. selling it to people is a completely different thing it is right mm -hmm. and, and 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 maybe sometimes what we need to do is try and be a little bit more creative with that as well and go how, how do we actually sell this to people you know if, if, for example, we went to uh, the makers of Prime, right, and we all we've all heard of Prime, haven't we? The, the, the you know those those bottled drinks that are meant to be particularly good at hydrating you, etc. Uh, well, they managed to manage to convince waves of young people to to drink Prime, you know, and make it make drinking a, a drink cool again, you know, yeah. a non-alcoholic drink cool. They must know something about getting to people's psyche. We, I think we, you know, I think on some of these things, some of these areas, we we need to kind of talk to some, some of the people behind some of the cool things as well, and go, how do we, how do how we get into people's lifestyle idea that this is this is a lifestyle choice, and actually, I'm kind of cool if I do this properly because yeah. that's. You know, do you, do you agree with what I'm saying? Uh, so I've had this thing, but it's just time and how for, for so many years now, and I spoke to some other DSE assessors about it years ago, and they said, when you're ready, tell us and we'll do it. It's got to be in the education system for me. Yep, yep, we've said that before on this show. Like five, six, just, you know, little intros about how to, you know, time limits on devices and you know that hour kind of max in one position that kind of very simple stuff right the way through to university so that at university there are workshops as part of their course that continue to teach them how to set themselves up it's got to be ingrained like sex education has yeah you know, it's, here's the interesting thing every time i bring that subject up those that are in education so we haven't got we haven't got the time or the money to do it yeah because we have to focus on certain things so did you see that there's an there's a um i haven't looked at it for a while actually it was a couple of years ago california started to do this in education they started to put um ergonomics into the education um, the curriculum um i need to check in on it actually as i say because I've, I've not thought about it for a while but they were the first that i saw to start building ergonomics and, and the use of computers 
into their their education system so that's, that's really interesting i might go and research that afterwards because i think it's a I, I i personally think it's an incredibly valid point i do think that there may be you know the likelihood of of it happening in the uk it would need to come from uh it would need to come from people like yourself and me and whatever actually getting involved in education and one of the problems i found is that actually I've offered that service <laughs> in the past and people and and certain people with within education are like, yeah, really, really keen on it. But then they're under resourced in terms of actually trying to organise it at their end. So it's like never happens, you know, yeah. it's just got to go on the curriculum. It has to just be like like learning maths like learning science like learning english it needs to be you know not not as intensive clearly but it well, should, it, should it be there. should it be or should it be part of teacher training as well yeah yeah absolutely every, every, you know because teachers are using them as well and teachers will be taking laptops home to do marking and things nowadays and you know they would they were in covid times doing webinars constantly and using their laptops all day every day so train them but also train and educate well a lot of teachers get a really poor uh really poor rap when it comes to uh you know sort of ergonomic solutions because you know let's face it if you're teaching five-year-olds you're crawling about on the floor most of the day um yeah maybe we need to look at the age range maybe five's too young but i know so many kids that are getting ipads all day every day at the age of like three and four (laughs) so parents yeah. as well it needs to be part of the parent education you know everybody every this this impacts everybody now technology and and vdu's visual display units are everywhere so we're using them now <laughs> yeah, we, we are we're using them now fortunately it's right in front of me and it's you know I, I can sit fairly upright to do this which is which is a good thing but again actually you know I, can i ask you a question about that as well I, I mentioned trying to make it cool but also you know one of the things that i've done in the past is actually trying to use a bit of humor in order to, to to sell this as a concept as well and and there's certain things that we can do with that because you you mentioned um you mentioned i think before you came on you you've been using you were on zoom meetings or whatever in the morning like for me you know perhaps putting stuff out there to people that go you really don't want that double chin look do you you know <laughs> you know actually getting into their kind of uh overall sort of ideology ideology about the fact that they don't want to look bad mm. actually can sometimes really change people's perspective oh, and i'll give you a story now um well i i once did a, a uh i once did a, a, a set of dscs over a, 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 an it company and it was all young lads mainly that were working there, sort of 18 19 year olds and they were all sat like this and you know really really slouching etc and, and and you know and when you when you first talk to them about how they're sitting or whatever you know the response you get is yeah yeah but you know i'm young it's, I, don't, I don't have a problem with my back, etc. Yeah. As soon as I mentioned to all of them that it might actually impact their sex life, yeah. they, <laughs> they sat up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think sometimes you've got to, you've got to, what I'm saying is you've got to actually hit people yeah, with a sense of where it might actually make some odds to them. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Teach kids to touch type. I agree, Philip. Yeah, I, I was taught how to touch type because I did a, a secretarial course at college. But so many 
kids don't are not taught and and they're typing and and if if you're not we, we, we call them peckers if you're not touch typing you're doing this and then you're doing this and then you're yeah right. hunting hunting and pecking is a is a yeah. technique on on the old keyboard yeah I, I i think i think actually that's a very good point um teaching people to touch type is why wouldn't you want to teach people to touch type? In fact, the amount of times when I did a DSE, I actually recommended that someone went on the touch typing course as part of it because yeah. they, they couldn't touch type. They were looking down there. And it doesn't matter what kind of keyboards you give them. Yeah. If you give them a, a if you give them a split keyboard where it's more raised up, if they're still going to look down at it, they're going to look down at it. So it's only going to change when they can actually type. But yeah. the main thing, if you're a business, think about this as well. If you're a business and you're you've got a member of staff that can't touch type, think how inefficient they are. Mm -hmm. Speed. Speed. Eighty-five words per minute. I got up to in my in my prime. Oh, you beat me. Hmm? <laughs> I'm, I, I think I think I'm still at eighty words a minute, but it's it's it? it's not bad. No, it's not bad. Um, I won't tell you what my shorthand score was. Mm -hmm. um, because I can't even remember any of it these days, but it doesn't really matter because you can just dictate to things these days. And you know, but there's there again, there's another thing. Why do you have to type all day long? You don't yeah. necessarily have to type. You can use your voice. It's funny, isn't it? Because actually, with with that and what you were just saying, and me sort of feeling some shoulder pain because I've been on the road a week this week. Um, but I am. Um, it just occurred to me because I was thinking, oh, maybe I'll book a massage for this weekend. <laughs> so many businesses are getting. Masseuses, masseurs in, massages, yeah. massage people in, to you know, as a perk and as a benefit and as well-being. Why not go further back than having to try and cure the shoulder pain and and relieve the stress? Because I believe poor ergonomics leads to stress as well. Because if you have, we all know anyone that's ever had a frozen neck, shoulder, or bad back pain, it is debilitating. And you know, like I, I had it when I was younger, frozen shoulder, because I had so many issues when I was younger with muscular excuses and stuff but I couldn't even get in and out of the car I couldn't cross the road safely because I was like <laughs> you know couldn't turn so it's it's so it needs to be ingrained in health and well-being much like bringing the massage person in or people in to to give you those benefits it, it can be part of that and like you say I think you can make it fun and I think instead of someone coming if you have a DSE assessor who comes in and who is stuffy and who is just moving the equipment for them without explaining why and that you know our eyes are, are naturally like you and I are both looking down because we probably have got our screens positioned correctly if, if everyone online looks straight ahead for me and then drops your eyes just about 30 degrees kind of how you would naturally read your phone or a book feel the difference in your muscles in your eyes it's because looking straight ahead is not our neutral relaxed state so if you if you give people like we're saying we've said a few times throughout this the information the education as to why we're not doing it because it's particularly scientific or it's some genius person that's come up with all these recommendations it's because it's our bodies and what we want and how we need to feel and be relaxed so take it back from the masseuse and all these other benefits give people a healthy working environment through educating them on how to use their equipment correctly yeah and you do the perks if you want on top what well, one one kind of sort of final question for you which is that um you know, with regards to, to doing workplace assessments, sort of ergonomic type assessments, et cetera, mm -hmm. do, do, do you feel that it should just stay there? Because, you know, personally, when I was doing it, I tried to pan train across lots of different disciplines. And the, and the, the downfall of it for me 
one of the, one of the main downfalls I saw was that it wasn't holistic enough, um, and we weren't actually picking up on enough things that could actually be the issue there. So, for me, I would love to see uh, those kind of assessment and educational pieces be much broader so that actually they do cover ergonomics but they also cover you know mental health they also cover specific learning difficulties they also cover uh, you know even things like what is it that people are putting in their bodies because ultimately you know if you if you go into a place and you've um you know you find that somebody's living off six six sausage rolls and two donuts a day that they <laughs> they get from the, the the fast food place around the corner you know mm-hmm. that their their health is going to suffer because of partly because of their diet and you know and things like headaches and concentration and all, all of those things may be in part attributed to their posture but it might actually be to do with what they're eating mm-hmm. etc as well so do, do you see a need for it to broaden or, or be, be bolder. I think it's very difficult because so with the equipment if you're supplying it and you're asking people to use it you have you have the right and you have the requirement to educate people on how to use that safely like my example with the forklift truck earlier when, when you start going into personal questions like what are you putting in your bodies to use your phrase it, it can feel like some people will take that very personally it can feel like a little bit of an attack I think absolutely when where there's medical um, or disability or mental health elements around that very sensitively and delicately, I do agree it should be taken into account. Like on some on some um, assessments I've done and seen in the past, we've taken their, their body mass index and their height and weight and things like that, because when you're trying to then find suitable equipment, more really the chair, you take all of that into account. So it does become quite scientific at that point. But I think. the issue is workplaces are in danger of becoming a little bit of a nanny state and kind of a something that isn't work anymore place so I agree that it's needed and you know we we have like health coaches that are on our platform that that go into businesses and do do talks and things for them but as an employee as an office manager would I be comfortable sitting there doing an assessment and saying to somebody what do you eat and what do you drink every week how many units of alcohol I wouldn't be, I don't think. It's too personal. I think if you're having that on a secure assessment online where you remove the person like me, even as a consultant externally, I wouldn't necessarily be comfortable asking that. It just feels a little bit too personal. And I think we can only really educate. We can't really intrude and invade in that space. So I I agree we need to do more, but there is such a fine line for me. And that the cost and the time that it takes for businesses to do those extra things is huge. Um, and it's very important because it can impact employees and it can then therefore impact the, the productivity of the staff. But there is a real balance. And I think we're still trying to figure out exactly where that sits, you know, mm. financial health as well. We've had people saying, should we do be doing more about, um, you know, educating people on their finances and, so many women do not have savings so many women do not invest most men do the stats when you look into it are huge well how can we do more on that but without getting too personal without trying to feel like we're managing their entire lifestyle because actually they come here to do a job we pay them if they if they do it and they do it well that's the relationship so yeah i think probably it is a very difficult thing isn't it i you know as philip says i i understand what he's saying there which is if, if you make the subject too big or too broad then 
you know, pe- people may have problems in actually taking the information uh, mm-hmm. that you're giving back. It might be information overload and they struggle with that. But in a similar vein, I could not have solved some of the problems that I solved for people without asking those questions about diet or without knowing, for example, that somebody's dyslexic or, yeah. you know, because actually that was the that may have been the main thing that was actually causing all of the other issues. And, yeah. we, and we know when it comes to people's health and well-being, things are interpolated. So it's it's not a simple case of, you know, actually a lot. And you, you will see that in doing sort of DSE, that sometimes, you know, a, 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 a mental health uh, that, that someone's mental health is impacted by their physical health or vice versa you know yeah. you know so yeah. it can't it can't necessarily be that you can extrapolate just one thing from a person mm. it's it's about knowing who's an expert mm. it's about signposting yeah it's about it's about people that are taking part in these processes being more educated so that they know where they're their expertise stops and where else they need to be able to go if if they discover something i think um it's education all the way through (laughs) it is and it's just yeah where where does that line get drawn with with employers and yeah it's it's um it's an interesting world that's um that's for sure and i do still think there's a lot more that employers should should be doing and the dses is just the most basic scratching the surface start to it so Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming and joining me with this conversation today, Hannah. Um, if you ha- haven't checked out uh, Hannah's uh, profile on LinkedIn, which includes uh, that that little post that she did on uh, the laptop use and, and why we need to change our habits, do go and check it out now. Uh, we will be back, of course, same time, same place next week with Stephen returning. Um, until then, this has been Wow Ergonomics. Uh, check out previous episodes at wowergonomics.com. Stay safe. <laughs>